Hey, young world. Welcome to another episode of Architects, where we speak to the architects of art, leaders of creative industries that shift culture and challenge the way we think and feel about the world around us. Today's architects are like family to me, two trailblazers that have paved the way for many women and BIPOC creatives. I had the fortune of being right there for both of their come-ups and saw the obstacles they faced and challenges they still continue to see in the world of gender and racial inequality. One started her early days in a dance troupe called Dudat and backup dancing for prominent artists. She soon found her calling in choreography and creative direction, working with Sean Paul, Rihanna, Cardi B, Jay-Z, Her, Spike Jones, Jodie Foster, and more. The other got her start interning for director X and me at our first production company and is now an award-winning director known for working with Drake, SZA, and Coldplay. She has moved into television, directing their breakout series P-Valley, Snowfall, and now HBO Max's reboot of Gossip Girl. Two queens from the suburbs of Toronto demonstrating their world-class talent with the biggest and baddest innovators in the game. They are collaborators and also best friends who push each other towards greatness. It's special to see the sisterhood that these two have built and the perspective they have on what it means to be women in positions of power. So please join me for a deep conversation with Karina Evans and Tanisha Scott. We see what our business is, right? It's 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 a wild it's a wild world it's a wild wild west as I call it. And and my question for you both is: Look, you guys have a lot of challenges in this business, and especially being a male dominated business. Um, can you speak to that the the experiences that you go through? Because we all hear the conversations about you know when women who are in positions like yours who are in authoritative position, a uh, uh, position of power. It's, it's unfortunate, but women tend to be labeled as a bitch uh, when they speak their mind or speak with authority. And I just want to know if you guys have had those experiences and what your thoughts are on that. Regardless of what field you're in, you're always going to get that when you're assert- assertive. Um, and especially if you are... Um, uh, a strong woman. Because you can be assertive and... Um, not be able to hold your ground. But also I think that comes from a place where, where people at first feel like our opinion doesn't matter or we don't have enough experience to speak on something because women are never aren't usually in a role of hierarchy when it comes to this business through history. There's not, you know, you can, probably count on your finger and name what year the first female director, you know, directed something as opposed to in the black and white days, you don't know when the, when was the first film, you know, I'm pretty sure there wasn't a female there. And the same thing with dance and movement. So it comes from first, like not, and I find this more so for me is being put in places where a female's voice isn't loud enough or hasn't actually been heard. Um, So it's like, oh, wow, you're there. And then when you actually try to be assertive and say something with substance or even just have a voice and it should just be that period, that's when the whole bitch label comes through because you got to fight. 
So it's fighting to like, listen to me, listen to me as opposed to just being heard, you know? So I think it comes from that point first, but yes, absolutely. I, I see that. My gosh, so often where it's just like, okay, here we go again. Um, it's kind of have to, I don't brush it off my shoulders, but that's how I go into each day knowing that, um, I need to be seen, um, and I need to be heard and I need to stand my ground. So there's mm-hmm. three levels to it. Oh, and then put on the fact that we're black too. <laughs> Here we go. Double whammy. Double whammy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's, there's a huge preconceived idea um, that about women that, that I personally have faced that I know that you've faced here because you've helped me navigate those situations. But um, I think, for me, my journey with that, I never really conform to ideals of femininity, especially like female propriety. I always kind of was uncomfortable with, with that and, and um, revolted against that when I was younger. But I think as women, you're, you're, we're taught to, you know, not take up space, close your mouth, not have an opinion, especially don't voice that opinion. Right. Your legs don't stand at your tallest. And I think while my uh, innate um, or rather what my nature is to disagree with that and to not listen to that, there were definitely times where I was confused as to where my place was and, and if I can use my voice. And I think I really grew in spaces where I was allowed to have a voice and I really stepped into that voice through even, you know, being an intern at your company, Taj, like I can remember one of the most pivotal moments for me on, on my personal and my professional journey was, and I've never told this story in a like public setting, but I mean, I'm with you guys. Uh, so I'm going to tell it, but I can remember, uh, there was a, uh, an exec at your company at the time who we shall not name, <laughs> <laughs> who shall remain nameless, who um, essentially, I guess, had, had, a, had a problem with my progressing um, and, and, and the benefits that came with progressing and just learning from you and from X, um, be it a parking spot, be it going on set, be it because I'm not in the office due to being on set, I didn't take out the garbage, you know, and I, and I remember it was one late evening, I was doing my intern duties, loading up the dishwasher, taking out the garbage, doing my rounds. And this particular executive said, Karina, come into my office. And right away, as, as a woman, you get that feeling, danger. Walk into his office. He says, shut the door. I'm like, oh shit, what now? And you know, at the time I, to shut up and did my thing, you know? And so I closed the door, I sat down and he goes, in short, you're here to just take out the garbage and pack the dishwasher. You should not be on set. You should not have a parking spot. Essentially, you should not take up space. You should be here to serve us men. And I walked out of that office lacking any melanin in my skin, 
just every bit of color escaped me. Like my spirit left my body and Raha, who um, is a dear friend and was your executive assistant at the time, uh, had asked me what was wrong. Could obviously see a shift in my energy. Um, and, you know, I said, uh, nothing, you know, uh, just had a weird conversation and eventually she got it out of me. Um, two twos cut to myself, Taj, director X, human resources, and this, um, exec all sitting in a boardroom, human resources goes, Karina, tell us what happened. And I just blacked out. I was this young girl in this room full of men. And I said what had happened. And in that moment, both you and X stood up for me to this exec who continuously put me down in that moment. And it's one of the most intense memories I have at the beginning of my journey. Because in that moment, I learned that my voice matters. And when I use it, I can make ripples. And when I'm empowered by people like you and people like Tanisha and people like X and all the incredible creatives that I hold so dear and continue to work with, I am at my full potential. It's, it's, it's one of those kind of things, um, which was going to lead to my next question, like does allyship matter? And it does because it's, it's one of those kind of things that we have to stand up for each other. Um, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, like even after the Me Too movement, you know, you're still hearing crazy situations like, like look what just happened with Marilyn Manson. It's really messed up. But the only way we're going to make true change in this business is by standing by each other. And if it's, if it's a situation like that, if it's racism, sexism, um, colorism, <laughs> like we, ha we have to, we have to stand up for each other. It's the only way we're going to change this dynamic and narrative in our business. And unfortunately, um, again, kudos to both of you guys for standing up when you needed to, because a lot of times people don't, and it's important that we have to, because it's the only way we're going to change, um, the way things are. And I, and it's, and I, to me personally, I'm beginning to see the change. You know, as we all know, like look, looking at what happened, you know, with last year with the George Floyd situation, it's, it, you know, of course, everyone's speaking now about anti-racism, you know, the whole Me Too movement also, you know, brought the spotlight to sexism in the workplace and sexual harassment. But um, this is an ongoing conversation. This is an ongoing thing that we just got to continue working together and, and, you know, and hope that there won't be a situation for the next Karina or the next Tanisha coming up to have to deal with that. Yeah. We got to continue to use our voices and then to ampli amplify each other's voices in the process, lift each other up. Absolutely. Right. So let's talk about, you know, lifting up in terms of work. Um, you guys are two incredible artists, two industry leaders. And I guess for me, it's like, what drives you, um, how do you stay inspired? What are the things that trigger your creativity? I'd love to hear from both of you on that. Uh, I'm a heavy researcher and I love to learn. And so I'm constantly taking in new um, content, new stories, whether it's film, TV, 
books, but I would say that at this moment in my life, I find most profound inspiration when I'm meditating or when I'm um, journaling or when I'm sitting in silence and I'm, and I'm in a like stillness that allows for me to find clarity and then allows for me to better channel ideas. I feel like um, in that space right now, that's when I'm the most inspired. I get inspired to create through music. Everything that I do starts with an emotion. I really like people. I really like to understand people. I really like to help people. And I just like to feel something through sound and words and help create a visual bright story through movement. Like I can see sadness. Like for instance, you know, Pharrell hears music in colors. Mm -hmm. I hear, I feel music, lyrics and instruments through shapes and movement. So that to me is what allows me to create. It's not different styles. It's just, what is somebody saying? How are they feeling? I like to see that and know that based off of how they walk into a room, Mm -hmm. I'm like, they're not having a good day or, you know, they feel super proud about something. Their chest is a little more up. I like that. It's like drawing to me. That's what motivates me. It comes from just that, that place. And I think it's, I don't know. It's just, um, I wouldn't say like every day I'm motivated or, there's something that I do to motivate myself. It's things have to move me in order for me to see in the way and to present it in another light Mm. that has nothing to do with speech. And I feel that comes from the fact that when I was younger, I had a hard time speaking because I used to stutter. And now I feel like I used to stutter because I was shy, Mm -hmm. but Dance was a way for me to express myself clearly. And I think because of that, my strength in understanding movement and shapes and seeing that in the storytelling essence, which uh, funny enough, I developed more of that through Kiki, Karina, sorry. (laughs) You know, she talks about her work. And I start seeing that, that I did that naturally. And now I put more emphasis on what is this person trying to say? What's the beginning? What's the middle? What's the end? Mm. So I don't, it's hard for me to sit down like I'm going to create right now. (laughs) I just, I'm at a point in my career that I choose which things I want to work on because it has to have meaning. Mm. Like, my legacy that I want is and that you have people to know that they were a better version of themselves and people got to see them, see them in a way that they didn't think could happen. And that's art to me. It's like Plato, you know, I prefer Plato over writing words like Karina, when she does her treatments, I'm like, 
Jesus, I can see how beautiful it is just through her words, not even her imagery yet. I'm like, that's fire. Yep, I can't write, but I can show you through <laughs> movement though <laughs> in a piece. So yeah, that that's it, you know. I would just want to circle back and say that that's the legacy that you that you definitely have already. I think how Taj and I look at you and and can describe what you do, it isn't just creative direction, it isn't just movement coaching, it isn't just choreo you quite literally see light in people and spirit in people and you help to bring it out of them and encourage them to share that through movement. It's, it's funny because um, my next question, which we're going to get into, is talking about how you guys met. But I met Tanisha when I was a dancer and it was always about the rhythm. It's always about the beat and the vibe and the energy. It's the pulse and it's in, but I think the underlying thing that we're all speaking about is frequency and feeling, feeling something, mm-hmm. right? It's if there's something there in the work, if there's something there in the, in the words, if there's something there in the story, you have to feel something to feel compelled. And I feel like that's what triggers us as well to really like to get excited. Cause like, it's funny cause like, we, you know, coming from a different era, the music was different and the energy was different. Every era has a different style of music and sound and tempo and melody. Mm-hmm. But coming up from the 80s and the 90s, where everything was cross-sectional, everything was fused, where, you know, Run DMC would do a song with Aerosmith and, and you know, we're listening to a lot of, you know, pop bands and, and new wave bands and hip-hop and R&B and there was a, just a lot of experimentation in terms of artistry. And that's the beautiful thing about being Canadian. Like we were exposed to so much things and and to dance hall and to lovers rock and to reggae and into classical ballet. And, and it's the same thing with film, like watching movies from every genre that kind of opened up our, our third eye. And... And I guess my question to you guys is, when's the first time you guys met? There's such a great synergy with you two, but can you just let us know, like, when was the first time you guys met and and uh, and what drew you guys to each other? What was that energy? There was, again, you guys are both high frequency, like energy type individuals, but what was it about each other that drew you guys to each other? Honestly, I think it was, um, I think Tanisha was God sent. And I think one thing that, I will continuously say to female artists is find your tribe of women who you genuinely love and align with and who genuinely support you and uplift you. That could be a tribe of just you and that other person, you know, hold on to those girlfriends in your corner who are genuinely in your corner um, because when, when Tanisha and I first met, um, I was interning for, um, you and X and, um, uh, uh, Tanisha was working for you as a choreographer and Tanisha thought let, that, let me tell the story. I tell it better than you. We met each other on hotline blink. This goes back to actually that story that I didn't know about with the exec. When I saw Karina, I automatically, like after sussing up the situation, were first of all on a very big set, 
very intense set, very <laughs> expensive set with a lot of um, important people, the best of the best. So when I saw Karina and she was moving around doing her thing, I immediately thought she was an executive like, <laughs> with a label. That's the way she carried herself. I was like, okay, she's important. Because wow. <laughs> she's standing by the monitor, but it was just her presence, how she spoke to people. I don't know what she was saying, but I was like, <laughs> okay, that's probably an exec. So let me just, you know, act right, cool, act right you know, around. <laughs> and then when she asked me what kind of tea, what I wanted, if I wanted coffee or tea, and I was like, this I'm is a have- nice exec. I was like, that's so kind. <laughs> You know, usually they're like, oh, yeah, there's a totem, you know, like a hierarchy and like, okay, the choreographer, unless if you're cool with the director and certain execs, you get to get on the coffee list that gets sent out. (laughs) So I was like, okay, she's being really nice. And then I told her I wanted the Oprah chai tea. And she's like, yeah, okay, did you get one too for yourself or something? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're so cool. And then I found out at the end of the night, like, she's an intern. I was like, intern? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, you know... I think it's the funniest thing because that wasn't her presence, you know? So it just showed that she knew who she was. A, a label didn't validate her. She knew she was a director. She's soaking in. She is doing what she's supposed to do. But you can just tell that there is not just something special about her, but something important about this woman. Um so that's sorry, Karina cut you off. That's why I had to say the story because people wanna <laughs> have known that. Yeah, she's, she's gonna, you know, you know, Karina, she's gonna come in there with a humble pie. Like, yeah, you know, I was like. And the you know, sand, and you know, I meditated before I came. Shut and- up. <laughs> <laughs> y'all don't meditate. Um, you know, Natasha, I actually just wanted to circle back and ask you how you stay inspired and you stay motivated because a lot of people don't see what happens behind the scenes. And oftentimes you don't really tell us, your team, the hours and calls and emails and pitching and grinding that you do behind the scenes. And, you know, the, the moments that I get a glimpse of it, I'm like, damn, how do you stay inspired after years and years and years, not calling you old, but damn. I am old. <laughs> <laughs> You've been working. Um, how do you stay inspired? Uh, thank you for asking that question. Um, for me, Look, I'm 46, but I have a very um, childlike soul. And mm-hmm. and what that means to me is being very curious and being a sponge and forever being a student. So what keeps me going is just, one, my colleagues, you guys, um, watching how hard you guys work inspires me. I, I always use the mm-hmm. analogy about two knives when you see a, a master chef sharpening each other. So mm-hmm. that's, that's also a part of the process for me. It's like when I'm seeing you guys going out there, continuing pushing the needle, continuing growing as, as creatives, that inspires me. Um, so that's my, that's one. Two, um, the work that comes out, you know, the new movies, the books, the films, uh, the TV shows, just, mm-hmm. just great art inspires me because it makes me be like, man, that's great. I want to, I want to make that. I want to make this. I want to, you know, I want to, man, like what, what did it take to make that song? And so the art itself continues to um, inspire me. Hence why 
uh, I stay watching a lot of shit, listening to shit, and always having my finger on the pulse of the culture, especially when it comes to art and culture. Uh, so that's what continues pushing me. And God, yeah, not to get, not to get spiritual, but I truly believe that this is my God-given gift. And and I, I I literally wake up, eat, breathe, sleep, thinking about um, creating opportunities for the people I work with. If it's from a managerial perspective or from a production uh, company perspective, repping my directors, um, I'm always inspired and always showing up because I love what I do. I don't look at it as a job. This is my work. This is an extension of me. So mm-hmm. I'm always excited to go out there and create new opportunities for, for individuals, um, fighting for the underdogs and, and pushing them. Funny, funny enough, talk about underdogs. Once upon a time, I remember when Tanisha was in the game and, uh, and she was dancing. She was killing it, crushing it. And literally on, on the set of um, Sean Paul, Give Me the Light, she, she, had, she wasn't ready for her power. Okay, I'm calling you out, Tanisha. I'm calling you out. Yeah. And, and you were, you were like, I know I just want to be a dancer. I'm going to listen, 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 listen. When you get into art, when you get into this business, you always got to figure out how do you evolve and at the time, you weren't even a choreographer at the time. You were just strictly dancing. And I said to you, the next chapter for you at that time, around the Sean Paul era, was getting into choreography and getting into a position where you now, you know, express yourself in this way and work with other dancers and create your masterpiece, create your floor, create your art. And it was literally a situation where X and I had to like back her up for the corner <laughs> and, and and have that conversation. But and that's the beauty of it too, right? When you see great artists out there and and you see that that light in them, that's also what inspires me because I get attracted, right? You look at you look at moths. <laughs> when they see light, they move towards the light and they get buzzed when they get that electricity shit going on. I don't know what I'm talking about, but the point mm-hmm. is when you when you see something with light, you gravitate towards light. And you know, mm-hmm. if it's so for me, when I see up and coming talent, new talent with this new fresh perspective and this hunger, that's what gets me super, super excited. Hence mm-hmm. why, like to your point, Tanisha, about Karina, like when you saw her on set, you thought she was like, oh, she's a boss. She's an OG. She came in the room, even with us, like the first time she came to our office at our former production company, Creative Soul, she walked in that room and she had an aura by herself. Like, I belong here, you know? Yeah. And, and she had this fire in her, she had this desire to win. And I just, and you know, that's the Virgo Libra in me. I read that shit. And that to me is exciting because a lot of times in our business, look, we've been in this, I've been in this business for over 20 years. So a lot of folks get very complacent. They get, you know, you know they say comfort kills passion. A lot of folks out there have lost their passion for the work. So when I get to work with great artists like yourself and see that excitement still there each and every day, fighting to keep pushing to be better, that's inspiring to me. Mm, I love that. Let well, everything that you just said be another example of why, or rather of the value of a tribe. I know I just spoke to specifically the value of like female um, encouragement and empowerment and, and, and sisterhood, but you literally changed my life. And you just spoke to how you, you helped to change Tanisha's life. And so, um, and many others. And it's like, it's not limited to just the people you manage. 
or the people that are in your company, you know, um, you don't manage me. I'm not a part of fella. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you know, you see something, you hear something. <clears throat> if you see fit, you'd be like, yo, my homegirl Tanisha, you know, and I see you do that for many people. Yeah. You've helped definitely push along and mentor <clears throat> different people in all facets, not just within music and film. I see that. So thank you. That is um, your blessing. And we're all blessed for that. Yeah. Especially for Toronto. You put Toronto on in a huge map. You know, it's not always just the talent in the front. There's that team and there's that push. And if we had, I wish we had a walk of fame or something, you deserve that because you've definitely had your hands in quite a few amazing careers. <laughs> Oh, sure. I'm not going to cry. It's not about you. Taj is crying. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's for real. The, the thesis of this, this podcast is, uh, find yourself a Taj and find yourself a Tanisha and hold on to them. Oh my God. Uh, and what about the Karina? Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, yeah. Of course. Look, we, look, you guys were like, we're all blessed and I, I love, the fact that we work together professionally and we're friends, which actually leads me to my next question. What was the first project that you guys actually collaborated on? I don't know. Ask Karina. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. <laughs> Believe. I think it was Con Lion. Oh, that's right. What was that? We See that? did a commercial for uh, Con um Oh, oh, um, right. With the jacket on and you duplicated me a couple times. I don't even remember. Yes. It. And we found that graffiti wall. It was freezing. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. Freezing outside. We did a little commercial. Yes. Um, I'll show it to you. It's on my Instagram. We did a little commercial. And then I think, and then I think we did a Nike campaign and then we did our first music video. And, and um, from there, it was just an explosive partnership. One of my favorite memorable moments of you guys collaborating, what you want to talk about me crying, was the Coplay music video. That, to me, uh, was one of my many, many highlights of seeing you two collaborate in that way, especially for a song that was a, uh, a, a, a love letter to humanity. Um, and, and I'll speak about the crying moment in two seconds, but mm -hmm. can you speak to that? Can you speak to us about that Coldplay video and and just the energy going into that because there was so much love poured into that video and the movement that Tanisha incorporated into that piece was so beautiful and stunning. And it was just one of those things that uh, to this day is probably one of my favorite videos um, directed mm -hmm. by Ukraine. So if you mind, if you don't mind sharing that story. I mean, the story is a simple one. It's, it's about a shared human experience and what I wanted to do with that is just capture the beauty and artistry in everyday life. And with the, the um, movement in particular, I, it was a no brainer to work with T of course. And um, I just wanted to create this sort of um, contemporary uh, movement that felt in part like a rebellion um, but especially triumphant and powerful and strong and emotional and, and capture what, um, 
the song made me feel. I remember the first time I saw the first cut and I was so moved by it, literally. Uh, I watched the cut and I literally watched it several times. <laughs> and I called you and you were with the editor at the time. <laughs> Shout out to Cat Webber. Shout out to Cat Webber. Um, and I literally cried on the phone for about 15 to 20 minutes because the opening of the video with those performers and the way they bodied that choreography and movement that Tanisha put into that piece, mm. it was so spiritual. It was so poetic. It was so emotional. It was just a thing that it literally pulled every, it, it, it hit every sense. And mm. I was, I was so proud because again, knowing both of you from the beginning of your journeys and watching us work with one of the most respected decorated rock bands on the planet and to create something that was so unique and purposeful for that music video for everyday life. I was just so blown away. And I was just, I was, I was, that's why I was so emotional. I was emotional for the fact that we, we did this, all these kids from Toronto <laughs> and, and, and the, the video was so meaningful, especially the, you know, you see what's going on in the world right now. Like it's just crazy. There's so much division. There's so much pain. Mm. There's so much police brutality and killings. And, and, and that video was just, Hey man, like, we're all humans and we're all we're all living in different places in the world. If it's Kiev, if it's if it's LA, if it's Cape Town, but we're all human beings. We're all trying to figure it out together. And this this video this video was just a beautiful um piece of art that spoke to just to 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 soul, to to humanity, to love and to connectivity. And again, kudos to you guys and, and Tanisha, man. Um look you your credits are insane, but it's it's just one of those videos that just I just I just I just lost it. I just I, oh. I I just really connected with me, so I just want to say that. Thank you. I mean, I think what you're saying is what you're speaking to is what you said earlier: feeling and frequency. I think what I wanted to communicate was a was a, a frequency that that we as humanity operate on, um, and everybody involved injected the feeling and especially Tanisha, you injected that feeling and the heart into the dance. Well, you know, that song, it, it starts off with the lyrics. The lyrics mean so much. It was one of the most beautifully written songs, especially for that year. And then you, the production on it gave feeling a little bit more feeling and energy to the words. Right. And when you have the synergy of the right artist putting the right visual together, and I'm talking artists and talking about Karina, the the way she visualized those words, if she wasn't meditating, emotional <laughs> person, Don't blow that my could cover. easily be skewed, <laughs> you know, like, you can put any type of visual together, but she tapped into the authenticity of what it was. She saw what those words meant and painted a beautiful canvas for it. And then when she asked me to paint the movement feeling of it, the synergy of that, once you come with from a pure place and it says the lyrics and the music 
speak volumes and you allow it to, it's just this, our synergy. I, you know, I understand very much so when she speaks through her written words, even when she's actually speaking about something and I understood that. And then I knew what she wanted to say and it did not fall short of what those lyrics meant. So it was super easy for me. I was supposed to put together just a little piece of choreography, but I was so moved by it that I ended up just choreographing the whole song because I went through a journey while I was choreographing it. I was in a, I went to a whole nother spiritual place where I had to express every word and every emotion that she wanted to and that I heard. So we actually ended up doing a lot more than needed, but I, I think it's probably one of my favorite all-time pieces too, because I think it was a perfect video. <laughs> I you. really think it was perfect. Thank you. It was. It was. It was. Uh, like I said, I, I still watch that video, and I still get the same goosebumps, as mm -hmm. if it was the first time I watched it. And that's when you know you have a classic. That's just um, yeah. That's super timeless, right? Timeless like, test of time. No sir. Come on. for life. <laughs> <laughs> for life. You <laughs> Now again, this partnership you guys have, what would be the what would be the dream project for you guys to collaborate on? Which is kind of tough because we're still moving along, we're still excelling, we're still growing. But like if you were to put it out there in the universe, what would be the, we the have dream it. project? We have it. She's like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that a dream project for me would be um, getting to do a film with Tanisha in which I direct and produce and Tanisha works with um, the lead leads uh, to embody um, the character that um, they're playing. I think collaborating with her in that sense and, and, and channeling the energy and, and synergy that we uh, have found in the music and music video and commercial space into long form narrative would be um, amazing. In terms of collaborators, Tanisha, um, a lot of folks might may not know that you've worked with some big Hollywood heavyweights, everybody, everybody from Jodie Foster to George Clooney, Tina Fey, like, what was that like working in that space? Did they respect you coming from our world? Like, how was that collaboration? You know, it's so funny and it's interesting. And I, I, if I can say working with actors, just strictly actors, they are so fascinated with the music world. Um, so it's pretty cool. They think that I am the piece of the pie, like, wow, you know, or you've worked with so-and-so before. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, but what about you? It's so interesting. It's kind of like how basketball players lose their mind over rappers and wish they could be rappers and, and rappers wish that they can be athletes. It's that thing. Um, but yeah, these lots of actors are very much so big fans of many of the artists that I work with. But um, what I like about working with actors, especially those that are really established, I love working with them on movement because I see their vulnerability. Mm. And it's nice to know that I can, regardless of their accolades, I can help them source another part within them, within their body and their soul, 
to get somewhere else and master that. That makes me feel good. Um, it's to, to dance, to move rhythmically is not an easy thing. You got to be super confident about yourself. You know, you got to know how your body works and you have to feel good about it. It's really, it can be a very, um, it is a vulnerable thing. And I find actors, the best ones are vulnerable and are open to that. And I love sharing those real human moments, you know, and seeing that and getting a glimpse of how they are and being able to help them and lift them and put them on a pedestal means the world to me. So sometimes it's about those one-on-one meetings that I work on and, and do with these high profile actors that mean more than me working for or doing Coachella with like the headlining artist. Right. Just smaller things that, you know, Filming. make it. De- yeah, completely, completely. And, and that's on bars. <laughs> but there's, there's a, a, a few, you know, there's quite a few that have also lasted like a relationship or a friendship that I have, you know, so. Sorry, you're saying there's a there's a few of those actors where that I've s- made long lasting relationships. Absolutely, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Well, to your point, like if you're, you know, the game working with these individuals in these spaces, and especially when you're drawing out something from them that they're not used to doing on their day to day, like you're, the fact that you're exploring that vulnerable the vulnerable side of them and mm-hmm. making them see a side of them they've never really played into. Like it's it's a it's a new space it's a new connection and you are you know as you know phenomenal at what you do and so for them it's like they're working with a master right and and it's it's crazy because like I said growing up for me you know you know if it's Alvin Haley if it's if it's you know Debbie Allen those are folks that I grew up to and seeing what you're doing now is like you're carrying that tradition you're carrying that tradition from your working with the all, all these different mediums from music videos to commercials to film to television and 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 lending your your expertise and giving them uh, a whole new laneway to play into and i guess this will segue into you to you know into you karina in terms of you know working with actors you know as we all know you shot the pilot for p valley for stars uh you shot this episode uh, you shot an episode for season four for Snowfall, and then and just recently just wrapped up uh, your your uh, involvement with uh, Gossip Girl HBO. How was that whole experience working with all those different shows coming from your discipline and getting the opportunity to work on a show like P Valley when you're you're working with theater actors and non actors, and then you're then flipping the switch to working on a show like uh, um, Snowfall when you're working with some experienced actors, and then recently. Just, you know, jumping into another seat, working with young actors. Like, what are the, what was that like? What was those experiences? And then on top of that, just throw a little extra sprinkle in there, dealing with COVID as well on the Gossip Girl side. How did, how did that all come around? That is a big, big question with many order, but small you got questions. It. It's been a journey. It's, I'm, I, I'm still in shock that I get to wake up every day and be a storyteller and, and um, I think when I was able to enter into the long form television space, um, I was most excited about working with um, actors and, and most excited about speaking um, that language that I know 
very well being because I am an actor. Um, and I think, um, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know how to answer that question in a, in a very, uh, succinct way because I've learned so many different lessons on, on each of the different projects, uh, as a, as a, as an artist, but also, you know, personally, um, and professionally and creatively, I think each one came with it uh, with its own set of set of challenges. P Valley being, you know, my first time in, in television and learning the medium as I was going on. And, and, you know, we can do a whole podcast about the subject matter and, and, and how difficult that was, but how, um, proud I am to have been a part of telling that story. And then, you know, Snowfall, it's, it's a whole different story, a whole different genre. It was my first time, um, shooting a action sequence, you know, and then HBO jumping back into the, the pilot world, shooting in, in quarantine and just the nature of, of that show, the large ensemble cast, the large number of background shooting in New York during the pandemic. Like it just, it brings up unforeseen challenges that I feel like filmmakers have never really encountered before. Um, but I just feel incredibly blessed to be able to have those experiences and to, to take with me the really deep uh, lessons um, and, and be able to pour that knowledge into the films that I'm developing and, and um, the stories that I'm really passionate about telling and even just future uh, episodes of television, being able to constantly grow and evolve is, is just an incredible feeling. Sometimes it hurts. The, 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 the growing pains are, are uh, real, real. <laughs> um, but, but it's been a journey and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to be um, a channel for stories to move through me. And I think um, I'm just, uh, without getting emotional, really grateful to be doing it with you too. Oh, I know. I know that. I know that was a, a heavy loaded question, uh, Karina. I know it was, a, it was a three. It was a three uh, tier question, but you answered it amazingly. So seven parter. <laughs> you know, there was actually something that you spoke about vulnerability. You said vulnerability. No, it was what you said, Tanisha. You were talking about right working with actors and vulnerability. Yeah, and I think um, this this circles back to your one of your first questions about um our experience being a woman in a male dominated space i think one of the biggest lessons that i learned um on my journey was that vulnerability is my power um and i think i for a long time suppressed my vulnerability and was uncomfortable with with that and also um, did not want to express that around people I was working with, uh, especially men, um, for a fear of of uh, not um, being received as the the strong leader that I know that I am, but I've come to learn that vulnerability is not weakness. And um, I know for a long time you didn't even know I had emotions, Tosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a sensitive ass bitch. <laughs> no, um, 
but for real, I, I do hope that um, for anyone starting their journey um, and, and they and male or female, uh, old or young, and, and they're worried about expressing their emotions, I hope that they learn very early on that feeling is the secret. Yeah. Look, man, look, we all go through it. And, um, and it's funny because even myself, like coming from a Caribbean background, you know, we're all Caribbean. Um, but especially the men, uh, showing, showing emotion or vulnerability, they look, they, you know, you're looked upon as being weak. And, and mm. I disagree with that because if, for the movies or the songs that you hear that make you laugh or cry or feel something, if you're not in tune to your vulnerability, how are you getting, you're, you're going to be missing out on that full expression. Um, and, and for me personally, vulnerability is just showing that you are a freaking human being, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and like I said before, like when I called you calling, you know, when I called you with Coldplay, like I, one, I was comfortable to share that that moment with you, but at the same time, cry. Um, because I feel like that's what makes us who we are as human beings. And a lot of folks tend to want to sh shun away from it or try to hide who they are. And I don't know, I always tell everyone, look, when you show up to work and you're going to do what you got to do, you got to be you and be unapologetic and still just embrace yourself and don't change up yourself for nobody and just be real and being real is to be real to yourself. And it's the only way that you should be in this business because there's a lot of, yes, there's a lot of crazy folks in this industry, but the folks who have been in this business like myself for over 20 plus years and you know, Tanisha, you've been in the business for a long time too. I know Karina has been a shorter time, but, but at the same time, when, when we speak to longevity, it's about just being true to yourself, being true to your audience, being true to your art. And that's what's going to keep pushing you. Because when you start chipping away at certain things and hindering certain things, that's, that's, I just feel like it's a disservice to not only yourself, but also to your art and to your expression. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Even outside of longevity, like just making art, period. Um, I can't believe I was coming at it from a place of hiding my emotions, you know? And, I, and, you know, there, there was, of course, fears attached to that. But um, I feel like these days I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of boards or um, jobs where the creatives are saying, you know, we have to tap into culture. And that's why, you know, we're coming to you. And, and it's not necessarily about tapping into culture, because when you're true, you create culture. So it's not a matter of tapping into it. It's, it's a matter of speaking your truth and expressing your truth and not coming at it with a fear of being deemed sensitive or a bitch or, you know, whatever else they say <laughs> about me and about us. <laughs> Talking about vulnerability, I, I'm not going to keep harping on this point, but Tanisha, you being, of course, a Caribbean woman, Black woman, Jamaican woman, and, and dealing with colorism in our industry, what has been your experience with that? Has it impacted you? Has it played a part at all? Because I know for me, I've had my share of like, oh, I'm black. I got dreads. And there's a stigma that comes with that. So I've had, I've been in weird situations where, you know, some colleagues have stereotyped me or treated me a certain way because of my physical appearance. Have you gone through that at all? 
I instinctively didn't let it bother me. I'm a, I'm a person that can roll with the punches hmm. and figure out how to still make things work. So when I started doing a lot of music videos, you know, it was always a thing of there'll always be one chocolate girl. So who's it going to be if I'm in the audition? Well, then I really audition that much. It'll be four of us. So like it's one of the four. Who will it be this time? Um, there's that. And then there's the music videos where, you know, it was mainly about the video girls. But you'll always have like a chocolate one in there. <laughs> and I always found myself in the middle because um, I could dance. So I wasn't a video girl and I wasn't like the dancer in with all the other dancers doing choreography. I was just like the freestyler, the girl for the moment to make a wow moment happen. <laughs> um, but I found myself using a hat so that people couldn't stare at me rather. I'm like, okay, there goes a black girl. I'm like, I'm gonna dance and I'm gonna give everything that I have to make sure that whatever I do is put in that edit and people are gonna talk about me. So the majority of the music videos and I've done way too many <laughs> it's been like over 100 music videos i've done yeah. through you guys even helping <laughs> if it's a small section but what i wanted people to see is that you know what you may not know who that face is but you're gonna know how she moves right mm. so i'm like you're gonna look at what i do as opposed to look at me and how i look mm. so i use that to my advantage Actually, can i can i can i jump in here for one quick second tanisha because if yeah. you remember, there was a there was a moment where I kind of like I snapped on you, okay. There's a moment when I snapped on you, yeah. because just to bring it up. So there was a music video you did for um, for Hype Williams when you were a talent. Still Dre. For Still Dre. You know what? You and Cardi called me and like were very upset about that. So I had my Toronto peeps have my back. Cardinal. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let me so let me give context to our to our listeners. So. To, to Tanisha's point, I didn't look at her just as a as a token black, dark-skinned girl for a music video. I looked at her as incredible talent. And this music video she did with Hype, and no shots at Hype. Love Hype. Hype's our mentor, godfather. He's the one that brought X and I into the business. But there's this music video called Still Dre. Tanisha has her scene, and she's in the back of this ride, and she's doing her thing, shaking her stuff. And I was like, I was upset about it because... I knew the talent that she is and was. And I pulled her to the side like, no, you're better than that. You're better than that. You can't, no, you can't be that girl. And I was really upset. I was really like emotional about it because I know what it means to, I know what it means to be shunned, outcasted. And I had to make sure again to be not only her, her friend, but her ally in this business. And I could have just shut up, but I couldn't do that. I had to let you know how I felt. I told you you have a bigger purpose in this industry. And at first you're like, okay, wow, all right, shit. I, you know, I get it. And that was like, I think that was your last time doing something in that capacity. But it was, it was one of those kind of things, again, standing up for each other, speaking out when you see something that's going down and just making sure that you know that you are valued on a whole other level. And, mm. and, and I, again, respect the fact that you didn't take offense to my, 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 um, 
my feelings, it was more about me saying, hey, sis, like there's a bigger picture out there for you. And let's figure this out together. Let's figure out how to put you in that, that constellation of other stars to be like, yo, this is where you truly belong. And that's what it was. And I just wanted to bring that up because, again, it was that it was that era where, like you said, there's a lot of stigmas and boxes that people were putting into. But I looked at you, you're bigger than a box. And, and that's why I'm so proud to see where you're at today, working in all the mediums, working with all the brands, doing what you continue to do. Because again, you are, you're, you're just a superstar, you know? I, I've got two thoughts about that, if I may, respectfully. Of course. The first thought is, I think that's really um, special that you were honest with Tanisha and that Tanisha did have you to essentially remind her of her worth. Um, however. Uh-oh. The second point here is that I don't recall, and maybe it's just because you didn't add this in the story, um, anybody having that conversation with the director. And this is no shot at hype because he's still a god to me, but you solely had the conversation with the one who was being objectified, but not the person behind the objectification. Facts. So I think while I can definitely see the um, value in the conversation that you had from brother to sister, and I love that, right. I think there's another conversation here. That's right. It goes further because it's every guy, everybody has their way of storytelling, right? Sure. And there's facts about what, if you're going to shoot in a, Strip club, there's strip club culture. You're going to shoot at Caravana, there's Caribbean culture. Right. You know, on the street. So it's like you can choose to tell your story however you want. But I understand, and thank you for saying that, Karina, because there's a bigger picture. And also thank you for saying that too, Taj, because there's accountability. And I believe this all comes down to your choice and how you want people to perceive you. Mm. So I was in a music video that, you know, women and like low riders and little outfits and stuff. And I knew that, okay, yeah, that's not who I'm trying to be or to push towards. It's more where if it was us, um, what was the video? Um, I said the Trinidad Carnival. Big Pimpin. Big Pimpin, you know? Like the costume, doing the same thing, will be perceived in another way. So cultural, culture, cu- cultural difference. Right, that was the overall situation. So y'all are both definitely correct. Yeah. In that, it and was a moment of reckoning. I just think that there are other people that should be held accountable. No, and I and I and and Karina, I agree with you a hundred and twenty percent. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I, I would say, like Rob Bay said it, it takes two to make a thing all right. It takes two to make a thing out of sight. And, <laughs> and, and at the time, during that era where, you know, a lot of times music videos had, that was the video vixen era, right? That was the whole era, right? And that was a part of the culture. And a lot of it was fine, right? Because that was the time, that was what it was, like to, to, to Tanisha's point, that, that was what the culture was. And it's fine. And, and it wasn't, again, she didn't do anything that was crazy or distasteful. It's just 
I think the underlying mess, the, the underlying thing for me is because I knew the talent that she had behind her, there's a bigger stage for her. That's, that's where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and that's not a knock at the other women who did that piece either. It's more about, I just knew the talent that Tanisha was and where she was heading. And, and I just saw a bigger stage for her. If that was where she was at and that's what she's meant to do and all right, cool, do your thing. But because I knew the talent that came with that girl, with that woman, sorry, that queen, that's what it was for me. It's, it's, it's no different even with you, Karina. If someone's going to say, hey, you should do this kind of project or this kind of job. And I'm going to be like, no, like, do you know, do you understand the level of talent you're dealing with? So it was more, it was, it was coming more from that place versus yeah. it being a, a, a objectification or, you know. No, yeah. You're, it sounds like there's two, there's two different conversations that we're having here. The first one being what you just said, you wanted Tanisha to, in that moment, live her truth. And the choice that she made in that video was not living her truth because, because, uh, for, for, I, I don't even remember the video to be honest. Like, you were like, no, yeah, you're like 12 when that video came out. <laughs> and then the second one is this idea of, of the way in which women and black women in particular were represented in, in that time. Yeah. Which, which, which is like a crazy, which is a whole other podcast on its own. Right. Because on because look, we could talk about it quickly, but one thing one thing to X and Hype's credit is they did give a platform for a lot of women, different shades and body types and looks to get the exposure that they needed at the time. Right? Because it's funny because mainstream media would turn around and be like, Oh, ghetto, 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 ghetto. But this is the same culture that the other side's using, same looks, hairstyles. Lip injections, ass injections, but it doesn't get deemed as ghetto, right? Which is a whole other, which is a whole other conversation. Black women. Well, sorry, can I just real, real quick, just to touch on the dark skin thing, being a black woman and being dark skin, especially then. The whole hat thing for me came because every time I went on set, even if I was the first one there, I'll be the last one getting my makeup done. Mm-hmm. I'd always get my makeup done, even though I was a lead by the assistant makeup artist. And they also never had my shade of color, ever. I remember calling, on that same set you're talking about, that, I remember calling your mom and, like, not understanding and feeling good about myself because the moment where I'm supposed to look my prettiest and my best, another woman was in there saying, like, oh, I can't mix these colors or I don't, you know what, this and that, which is why I'm like, screw it. I'm going to just start wearing hats all the time so I don't have to deal with that so I can Mm. go and do my job and be at my best at my job that's a very big problem and I know Karina can talk to too as being an actor and a director a lot of these sets hair and makeup don't know how to do our own our faces and whatnot these unions are great but then you don't let great artists come into it like it is the hardest thing so I use that to my advantage and wear a hat. Mm-hmm. And so that also, that way, you never really recognized me. You wasn't sure who I was, but you know, there's this girl with the hat, but I was able to do even more videos than before because people couldn't have, well, I can't have the same girl on my video. <laughs> but if you're doing a damn good job and you can't see the person's face, <laughs> then you can. So, yeah. And then pushing forward, mm. um, I felt that just being a Black woman in a space 
especially a woman. I went, was it uh, two years ago at the Grammys? I presented the president of the Grammys as well as the um, the people running it. So the whole production team and whatnot. I came in and I presented a creative that I had for one of my artists. And in that room, it was all white men, older white men, one female there. And she was a part of art, but she was like secondary in art. And it was just so interesting to me that I'm talking about a new artist and telling them what I'm about to do and how we should shoot it and blah, blah, blah. And feeling so weird and almost so small because they were just staring at me. But the most beautiful thing happened is when we actually got to our dry block. So the, a dry block is when you go the day before you actually perform and all the performers have a couple times running through everything on stage. The um, Grammy president came to me with his exec, somebody who's coming into his place now and said, I know it was difficult you walking into that room and speaking and not seeing yourself or anybody that looks like you, but I'm let you know you held your own and you have the most beautiful piece of the night. And now that man is actually the new president. So it works in our favor sometimes, but it's just very interesting. You start somewhere and you think you can overcome something, but it's still there. Wow. And you just know I'm going to use that. I don't look like everybody that walks into that room, but you're going to hear me. You're going to listen to me. That's amazing. That is your superpower. Mm -hmm. Use whatever it is as your weakness, as your strength. But yeah, I know Kiki can talk about that makeup thing, especially being a black woman, you know, and hair. And like, uh, I got to get my own hair products and stuff. It's it's not cute. We got to work harder just to be regular. I would just to be, I want to be seen as a black woman. I just want to be seen, period. Funny thing I experienced seeing for, you know, with you, Karina, was ageism, which is something that people never speak on, really. Um because I've seen it firsthand where Karina go on set and she's pretty much the youngest one on set. And people are looking around like, oh, who's the director? And how old are you? And it's crazy because when I met Karina, she would like, she didn't want to tell me her fucking age. She literally was like, oh, okay, maybe she didn't want to tell her age because I know like it's weird to ask women her age. Like, no, she didn't want to tell her, tell me her age because she felt that she would be like looked upon or just you know, discriminated against. And I, I was like, listen, 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 listen. I go, Karina, I don't give a fuck about your age. And the fact that you're young, I could actually use, like you guys are talking about, I could use that vulnerability as a strength because you are coming in this business young and in charge. So I flipped that narrative. But if you could speak to that, Karina, as far as that, like how was that coming on sets, people looking at you, questioning you, you know, like, are you sure? Like, how, how, was, how was that? And have, are you still facing that? Or are you in a place now where people are now respecting the handle? But I know at the beginning, it was a thing. Age has always been a thing to me, I think, because I, I have always been the youngest in the room um, or in these rooms. And, and um, uh, you're right, I did um, hide my age um, when I first started and or lied about my age um, because I... I what I'm about to say, I don't find a weakness, but I, I do think that, as we know, there are um, preconceived, preconceived ideas and uh, um, discrimination towards women, people of color, and young folk. 
And I think um, I can't hide that I'm a woman. <laughs> I can't hide that I'm black. But maybe I can hide how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that what it what it sounds like we all have experience that's very um, similar to one another is um, understanding that this makes us who we are and this defines our perspective. And so rather than hiding it, um, which is something that I did for a while until it just got blasted all over the internet, how old I was, <laughs> um, utilizing that and, and understanding that my age uh, actually doesn't really define me. I'm not defined by a number, but, but um, being young allows for me to bring that perspective to the stories that I'm telling. It's, it's, it is your superpower, right? It was one of the words you're using earlier. It is your superpower. And I always say, man, what someone's going to try to use against you, you use it back at them. If it's, oh, you got an issue with being dark skin? Fuck you. <laughs> you're the same motherfucker getting tans every week. Oh, you're going to have an issue with my age? Well, guess what? You guys make everything, if it's for uh, marketing initiatives, if it's for sales, target demos, everything is skewed and targeted towards youth culture. So it's always about trying to figure out something that people try to deem as negative, you turn it into that positive. And you guys have done an incredible job by using these things and turning it around to your advantage and still continuing to excel and grow in this industry. Lastly, ladies, lastly, 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 thank you again. Uh, for taking time out to chat with my crazy ass. Um, two glasses of wine in. Um, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not like, hey, can you? It's like, of course. Aww. There's no choice in that. So thank you for um, talking to us and talking to us together. Yeah. That's kind of, I don't think we'll ever have this. <laughs> No, it's 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 it's, really cool. it's it's special and literally uh, it's it's uh, it's an honor because outside of the fact that I'm friends with you guys, I'm also fans of yours as well, um, and that's that's the beauty in having friends like you guys, like people who I literally admire and respect and look up to um, as well. And I really truly mean that from my heart. But lastly, 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 is there any like short form? like music videos or commercials or films or any branded content that you would, that you would recommend that you're really like, that's really kind of, again, going back to that spark that kind of lit that flame underneath you or got you be like, Oh, that's just fucking dope. Like, is there any pieces of work past or present that you could speak to? Like just if it's a movie that you just seen or a commercial or a music video that touched you or a film, yeah, man, I want to leave the people with this book that changed my life last year. It's called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. And it really helped me to zero in on the on the concept that I am the maker and shaper of my environment through the power of my thinking. And um, that indeed is powerful. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody listening, but trust me, it's, it's worth reading. Um, it's not very long and I feel it will change your life as well. Tanisha? Um, I don't have anything deep like that. That's true. 
You know what the dope video? I'll tell you that, and I think about it often, is Feist one, two, three, four. It was so simple. There's a lot of staging in there with dancers. The colors are beautiful. That's just something I think about often. I, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw something in that here. Um, I I I throw three three things out. One, uh, the meditation challenge that Karina had us all do. What's the name? Deepak Chopra, 21-day meditation challenge. Yeah, that that to me is something that I highly recommend to everybody. I just spoke to my very very good friend, associate, um, Aaron Gilbert from Bronze Studios. I, I just recommended him that as well. Literally, I, um, I, I couldn't ask for a better time last year, 2020, when I was going through a, uh, a transition of my life where I was furloughed with my whole team, with our former production company. And, uh, and I was like, my spirit was broken. But this, mm-hmm. this, this meditation challenge was healing. It was enlightening. And it literally spoke to everything that I knew I had in me and the path I was already heading on. But this meditation and conversation and philosophy about abundance truly uh, reaffirmed my beliefs. And that is something I strongly recommend to everybody. Um, In terms of a film, in recent, 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 recent times, Pieces of a Woman is incredible. Um, It's currently on Netflix and uh, White Tiger, The White Tiger, uh, which is this amazing Indian film. You should most definitely check out two beautiful pieces. No pun. Uh, pieces of woman is really tough. It's a no spoiler alert, but it's in the trailer. It's about this woman who loses a child at birth, and you see the trauma that she goes through as far as just accepting the loss and and just the madness that ensues around that. And then on the flip side, White Tiger is about this. It's about uh, it's about classism in India about how servants are treated. And it's kind of like, no pun about how this man, how this individual sticks it to the man. Um, but uh, incredible story, well written, well shot, and I enjoyed it. And uh, and in terms of music video, I always go back uh, to what made me get into this business in the first place, as far as inspiration. Uh, Michael Jackson's uh, Thriller, uh, John Landis. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's. It's to me uh, what you mentioned before, Tanisha, about the perfect um, piece of work. Everything that has acting, uh, choreography, dance, movement, uh, the way it was shot. You know, John Landis, for those who don't know, shot one of my favorite horror films, American Werewolf in London. Uh, It's still a masterpiece. It still holds up. It's timeless. And Michael Jackson was the master of creating, you know, these these long form, short form type music videos and uh he is truly missed, but uh, but yeah, man, that's that's kind of kind of it. But uh, Tanisha, Karina, I wanted to again thank you uh, again for taking time out, you know, to share your stories and your intimate moments with myself. And uh, I really, really appreciate you. And again, uh, words can't explain the respect and love and admiration I have for you. And um, I, I am I'm always, always, always impressed. Every time I turn on the television or go online or go on your Instagram feeds and see the work you guys continue to push as women, as industry leaders, as creatives. And uh, I couldn't be more proud, especially for the fact that we're friends, but you're also 
you know, Toronto homegrown and doing work that speaks to an international uh, um, audience. And I can't wait to see what's happening in the next next five years. There's a lot of things I purposely left out, like projects we're developing for film and in television, because I also still believe in the element of surprise and discovery. Uh, but uh, I just want to say again to you guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you and love you. And uh, but yeah, that's it, man. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you, Taj, for having us. Frequency and feeling. Bam, bam, bam. Thank you, Taja. Man, thank you, Tanisha and Karina, for opening up and having a deep conversation with us. Now, at the end of every episode, I'm going to hit you guys up with a film, TV show, or a music video recommendation. And today, I want to put on everyone's radar uh, this really cool French film I watched in 2017 called Revenge. Okay, It was directed by Coralie Fargit. Um, It's about a young woman who was assaulted and left for dead in the desert by three men. Um, She recovers and she seeks revenge. And it's a pretty, pretty badass film, action thriller, drama. Uh, It was a hell of a ride. I really enjoyed it and I highly recommend it. Um, Really kick-ass, girl power type shit. I loved it. Um, If you like this episode, please, please, please feel free to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at ArchitectsPod. You can also message us and let us know who else you want to hear on the show, okay? Thank you for listening. Architects is created by Fella and produced in partnership with Curious Cast. Our theme music and audio production are done by Oso Audio. Peace. Thank you.